Hi, I'm Josh Weinberg. I'm Dale Brown. Today we're going to be talking about the article in the September 2019 issue of the Sport Business Journal titled Minor League Lane Ducks and how that relates to the Sport Consumer Behavior Textbook by Gallon Trail from 2018. We're going to be focusing on three aspects of the article. The first is going to be the consistent dip in home attendance from fans and some possible reasons for this. The second one is the impact of live streaming some of these games and how that is more convenient for fans. And the third is the impact of fantasy sports and gambling and how that has strongly become its own industry. Well, volunteering at Holy Cross this weekend, we had asked some fans about why they feel there is a drop in attendance. Some of the reasons are concessions are too expensive, prices are overvalued for the experience of the games, and comfort, uh, because it is hard to argue that it would be better to go than watch from home. Yeah, so I, I can see where fans are coming from, Josh. Speaking as an NFL fan who lives in New England, as a New York Giants fan, uh, if you look at the Patriots ticket prices, they're more expensive than, say, the New York Giants. Granted, the Patriots have a stronger winning percentage and have more success. That really hurts me to say, but it's true. The Patriots are selling most of their tickets for almost triple the value. For the for an example, the Patriots' fourth home game versus the Browns of the 2019 NFL season, they're selling their tickets for a minimum of $348. Like, that's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's yeah. quite expensive. Yeah. I this, don't know if I'll, I would pay that as a person. Yeah. This is all going on while the Giants are pricing their fourth home game versus the Arizona Cardinals at $64. Like, I, I don't understand that major dip. Both of these seats also are in the nosebleed sections. That that That's just so far off. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. For the prices of the uh, Patriots tickets, you would be in closer seats for most teams. So, you know, like... Yeah. I'd expect for $350 a ticket to get somewhere close, you know, hopefully I'd be sitting, you would hope to be sitting at the 50-yard line or somewhere. Or something like that, you know, yeah. some stronger seat with a better view. But, you know, for that price, I don't know if I would want to sit up top. Right. Um, so I understand why you might rather stay at home and watch the game. And we can't forget about the fact that you have to pay for food and transportation to get to the stadium. So especially in like big stadiums like New York City and yeah. getting to MetLife is actually like quite expensive. You right. have to pay. I mean, it's in New Jersey, but like still just yeah. that territory is – yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, certainly the prices of transportation and parking are expensive as well as paying for food and beverages at the stadium. However, there's something very interesting. I know we had already talked about this in class. Uh, but the Atlanta Falcons are testing out a new marketing plan to attract fans back to their stadium, their new stadium, which is one of the best in the NFL, uh, for what most would consider a Super Bowl contender team, right? Like Atlanta was just in the Super Bowl a couple of years yeah. ago. I would certainly still consider them, you know, great. They have Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, great players. Uh, they're making their concession prices inside the stadium the same as it would be outside the stadium. So, for example, if they had a subway inside the stadium, they would sell their sandwiches for the same price as the one down the road from the stadium. Okay. Mo you know, beer is not overly expensive, but in stadiums they make their beer, their hot dogs, their pretzels, everything. Yeah. They just make it so ridiculous. Yeah, everything has a marked <clears throat> value for the team. Yeah, absolutely. So 
All this also plays a major impact due to the easier and more mobile access of live streams. These services are more cost-friendly for the entire season than paying a major price for one game experience. So, in 2016, Twitter paid the NFL $10 million to live stream their Thursday night games. In 2017, Amazon turned around turned around and paid the NFL $50 million to, to do the same exact thing. You know, so, massive price increases in, in this market for mm-hmm. Thursday night football and how that's really impacting viewership and how we're seeing our games and receiving our games. Mm-hmm. So, according to the Morning Consult, 47% of Americans would be more inclined to watch NFL games if they were live-streamed on a more regular basis. And on the same chart, the MLB and college football are tied at second with 37% of Americans who would be inclined to watch the games. Yeah, I, I certainly get that because not only does it save money for the fans... But it also gives them the ability to watch as many games as possible at once. The flaw that I see is, honestly, that the NFL, speaking strictly with the NFL, would most likely be losing viewership from the longest reigning sponsors and programs like Fox and CBS. You know, they've been playing their games on those channels for a long time. In a 2017 survey from Pew Research Center, most people get their news from a mobile device. That's 67% of people while 50% of people get their news from TV, 43% from online sources, 25% from radio, and a low 18% from printed newspapers. This just shows how much of an impact live streaming could have on a major league sports team or league in general and questions if they should risk losing the television ratings. Many fans of all sports genres have listed one of their reasons for watching as fantasy sport participation. So what I mean by that is using ESPN fantasy football or any fantasy sport participation. Right, even like DraftKings or something like that. Drafting players on a weekly or a seasonally basis. Right. Uh, Something I've noticed as a trend from younger fans is that a lot of them are not picking favorite teams anymore, but they're picking their favorite players. So... Oh, MLB has used the favorite player theory as their marketing ploy. So what I mean by that is they typically advertise the more popular players. So it's not always going to be the best player out there. Mm-hmm. They choose the bigger market team's players. So yeah. let's say Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees. Yeah. He might he, he is a great player, but he's not the best out there. He's yeah. very good. Yeah. And that's who they choose to market to younger fans because they know that's who's going to sell because they have a big market control with the Yankees. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, I've always wondered if that certainly made an impact on why attendance is low because fans can't physically be at every game every week, but they can pay for the NFL example. They can pay for the NFL pass and watch all the games each week from home on their televisions. Also, fans can follow their teams and favorite players on Instagram and keep up with the stats and highlights. From 1988, when fantasy sports started there, were under 1 million participants per year. In 2015, that number rose up to nearly 57 million fan er, players per season. And this has certainly become its own industry as well, including the, the success of brands like DraftKings and ESPN Fantasy Sports. Exactly. So I think that's really made an impact. I think that this about wraps up our time. 
Thanks for taking the time out to listen. I'm Dale Brown. I'm Josh Weinberg, and we're signing off.